Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton-Rossini. Join us here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock, or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. You know, when you're a first-time author, it sure doesn't hurt when a Broadway playwright likes your book enough to write a glowing review. Larry Kerwin did just that for Frank Pereiro, and there were others, but we're talking about Drive Through the Night selected poems with New York City as his backdrop. Hello, Frank here. How you doing, Frank? Alice here. Oh, hello. Okay. I'm wonderful in New York City. How are you? Nice to hear from you. It's nice to be heard from. (laughs) That's what I say. Do you know what's funny? I uh, just had a very, a very serious medical issue. Uh, It, but listen, I'm fine. November 3rd, just uh, a little over uh, three months, I actually had open heart surgery, and uh, I had a triple bypass with a, a ruptured with a ruptured aorta and an infection. So for a bit, I was a little bit, you know, it was touch and go. So when people say to me, it's nice to see you, I said, it's nice to be seen. So Alice, <laughs> it is nice to be heard from, I'm telling you. It, but again, I'm fine. It's nice to be heard from. Going great, I feel wonderful and, uh, you know. Frank, give me give me a, some, some background on you. Larry Kerwin. He is, you know, a playwright, and, you know, he's an old friend of mine, and he was a help in my creative process, so to speak. And he likes your poetry. Oh, yeah. You know, I was around him all the time that I wrote it, and, uh, you know, he was kind enough to grace me, you know, with such words. That really made me happy. Uh, I've been working in local politics here in New York City for the past 18 years. In fact, I was a... uh, I was a candidate for city council here in New York in 2013. So, uh, you know, I do the occasional readings for the New York Public Library and a reading here or a reading there, you know, just for a, a few dollars. But uh, I have worked in the corporate world for many years. I was working at the Hyatt Hotel, but I've been working for the last about 20 years as a campaign manager and an advisor in political circles working with, you know, many candidates. And that's actually been my focus. When did you start writing poetry? I've been writing poetry my entire life. And, you know, weaned on those old ballads by, you know, Longfellow, the village blacksmith, and, you know, the highwayman, and, you know, Annabelle Lee by Poe. So I've always been, you know, writing poetry. And, uh, you know... Ever since, obviously, you know, college, I was a creative writing major, you know, and it's, uh, I had stuff published in Dublin in 2014, again, ballad type poems. So I'm just very, uh, I, I just love the ballad poem, you know, the cadence and how it kind of gets to the reader's mind faster than, you know, a lot of you know, the open verse and, you know, highbrow stuff. You know what I mean? It's uh, Yeah, I do. I just like, boom, you know, get to the point and, uh, you know, tell a story and, you know, tell the truth. And 
that's why I'm so happy about this about this uh, you know this uh, collection. Every single last piece in there is based on truth, either the exact situation or the exact character or an offshoot of a situation or character. And I'm so proud that while the while the situations that these characters find themselves in are many times, you know, dire and a little bit, you know, and a little bit sad and depressing, I find the characters always find the saving grace and they always find salvation and they never succumb and they always, and they always leave the poem better than when I found them in the poem, <laughs> if that makes sense to you. No, really. And Are most of your poems based in New York? Uh, it's funny. Larry Kerwin mentioned that they, uh, that they, that they will take the reader back to a New York long gone. A lot of the poems are about, you know, going to uh, Rockaway Beach, you know, here in New York City before Hurricane Sandy and when I was younger about, you know, Manhattan uh, spending spending time in, you know, in some Manhattan bar rooms or, you know, walking the street during Christmas and, you know, the, uh, you know, walking along, uh, you know, Avenue A in Manhattan going into Tompkins Square Park, you know? So, yeah, I, I think uh, it's about meeting people and situations, you know, here in New York. And I think Larry's comment was, you know, pretty accurate. At first, I didn't quite get his, his comment, but then I realized, yeah, everything that takes place, it takes place with New York area or n New York types of people, you know, as opposed to a, you know, you know, as a general, you know, pool of uh, people. So yeah, that that's a pr very cool thing to, uh, you know, discuss. Would you like to share one of your poems with me? Uh, sure. Uh, I will share the title poem, which is called Drive Through the Night. And the great part about this poem is when I wrote it, I wrote it uh, probably 10 or 12 years ago. And when I wrote it, it was published in, uh, in Dublin, Ireland, of all places by Seven Towers Press. But when I wrote the poem, I read it to my then 90-year-old mother. And I said, okay, mom, what is this poem about? And without banning an eye, Alice, she says, it's about perseverance. And darn it, she was so right. It's about perseverance and going on when things seem a little bit bleak. And, uh, you know, and it's called Drive Through the Night. And this is the uh, title poem. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, here it goes. Her image has faded the last couple of weeks. A ghastly outline is all that remains. And when her memory is forever erased, new photos will appear in my mind's picture frame. That day, though, is a long time from now, so I'll patiently wait for each new dawn's light. 
And the only way for me to survive is to jump in my car to drive through the night. Sometimes it feels I'm the only one living. A speck of light in the distance to focus on. And I still have a good four or five hours to see if my solitude can outlast the dawn. Most times it's lonely. I start seeing mirages as I mix a concoction of self-doubt and fright. Yet somehow I know what it is I am missing can only be found if I drive through the night. The night is forgiving as the day never is, for only the brave will tempt the night's wrath. And if you just make it through those few cursed hours, the dawn will reveal a brilliant new path. But the day's path is littered by those beaten down, defiled and bloodied by an indiscriminate life. They all tried their best but died never knowing. The only way to survive is to drive through the night. It's about perseverance, Alice. Yeah. Just, you know, and again, it, it gets lonely and it gets sad when you're in the throes of doubt and you know, and uh, it, the poems are about losing friends and sometimes losing family and always trying to find a positive side to it. And the characters in the poems always find themselves and they always find redemption. Not one character in the book, you know, succumbs. And that's what I am most proud of, yeah. you know? Really, not really. It's uh, again, I've had poems published, you know, bits and pieces, but as far as my first collection, and uh, in between the two of us, it was supposed to be published, uh, you know, maybe four or five years ago, except my, my, uh, my mom passed uh, in 2019, and that kind of, you know, threw off my. Uh, my curve you know that'll do it and uh the best part about it is the response has been so incredible that i mean people calling me and calling other people to read poems over the phone and and, and this and that and uh i would just tell you one very very fast story which really i mean it just breaks me up i have a, a poem called sign of life and I remember writing it. I used to go to a, uh, I, you talk about New York City. I, I used to do a lot of writing in the daytime when I had time in a, you know, in a uh, New York City pub, you know. And I remember there was an, an, older, an older gentleman. He was a, a blue-collar guy. He was a... Korean War Marine vet. And my father was also a Marine. So we began to talk. And uh, one day he said to me, what are you writing? And I had this poem and I gave it to him. I said, here, Mike. He said, oh, thanks. All right? Didn't see the guy for about two years. And I said, hi, Mike, how are you? He says to me, hi, how's the book? I says, Mike, everything is coming along fine, and the book should be out shortly. 
he goes into his wallet. He pulls out the piece of paper that I gave to him with the poem several years before that. And it was all yellowed and brown. And I said, Mike, you kept this poem in your wallet all this time? And Alice, he says to me, Frank, it's the story of my life. And, and I felt so sad because the poem is about, you know, being alone in a city and, you know, it's cold. And I said, gee, if this poor guy, you know, a Marine vet and felt this way, God almighty, you know, how many other people feel this way, but they don't, you know, or they don't admit it, you know, or react. So that's my story and I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> and you're doing readings, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I've been doing readings. Uh, I've been doing readings for years and years. At, uh, and uh, and again, it was because I was getting the immediate satisfaction from the readings, you know. There was no urgency, there was no urgency for me to put the book out. You know, I was satisfied with it being a poem being published here, a poem being published there. I would go to the readings that people would are, and I would, you know, it was, so now I said, you know what, uh, maybe it's time to put these poems down into posterity. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> Let me get something going. And, and, and so that's, and again, man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so thrilled because in just a few months, it, it really, it really is uh, doing fabulous. I mean, I, I was so happy. I mean, it, you know, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, but as any good author will tell you, I am right now working on book two. And uh, I should also say I have about 600 of, of these poems. This book only contains 44. Oh, so geez. I'm going to, I'm going to write about, about maybe 10 or 15 new poems. And then I'll call about 25 or 30 from my back catalog. And I'll put out book two, you know? Good for you. Um, uh, and, and you know, hopefully I'll be saving the best wine for last, like at the wedding at Cana, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frank Pereiro. It was so nice That's to it. talk to you. Hey, you know, it was a blast. I was, uh, hey, thank you for your upbeat. And, and because, again, I have a little bit of a cold, and this just, uh, you know, me up. All right, good. Next up, Julian Harvey from Memphis tells a tale of a lustful neighbor and a young man trying to preserve his reputation in his book, Virgin in the Veins. Julian Harvey, no relation to Steve Harvey. That's on your answering machine, Julian. <laughs> what, what's up with that? I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> It's pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, what do you do when you're not writing? Like, Well, writing, that's really like pretty much my passion. But um, if I'm not writing, I usually try to find work in doing acting. I'll say that I'm pretty versatile with my skills. So, you know, what inspired your book? Um, I would have to say that my inspiration came from individuals who I respect. You know, and I'm not, I'm, I choose to remain, to give them nameless because, you know, it was, it, it was their story for them to tell, but I feel like it was, 
it was pretty much my job to to write it down in a story, but it allowed me to it, it just allowed me to hear that hear out their story and to turn it into a reality for their for the audience to relate to. And it 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 does have some aspects according to you know to how I relate to a certain character or or characters. But you know I feel like it's it's reasonable to you know put out this for everybody because I know that there's people that relates to to each and every character. The book version of the veins is it's about a uh, a young man named Caleb. He's highly favored in in his Memphis hometown. He's charming. He has good popularity around. Uh, he's very outgoing individual. The only thing is that um, someone adores him a little too much to where they find him in a visible moment and entrapping him. And this is in a lustful way, but the notion is out about him, about him being something that he's not. So by this moment, he has to clear his name and reveal the intentions of his neighbor. He's a, he's a pure individual. Now the, the book, the book's concept is based on purity and Purity doesn't necessarily have to be virginity wise, but it's pretty much him feeling, it's pretty much feeling um, pure within his mind. But being that Caleb is a, a, a well-known individual, he's able to juggle both. So he's facing a, a, a trial where he has to cover up, well, not necessarily cover up, but he has to, uh, exposed to the intentions of his neighbor um who was a who was a woman who's trying to get him to get him to look bad being that he he was once a virgin she she basically took his virginity uh, against his will yes yes his sexual desires okay so what's going on between him and the neighbor are these the two main characters Yes. Um I'll I'll just put out her name. Her name is Rita. She she's she's obsessed with Caleb. Why? She finds him different from other men. That's that's what pretty much what I can say. Is is she older than him? Yes, she she is much older. Much older. Well, not too too old, but about a little over a decade. Okay. And so she takes advantage of him and people find out about it. Um, there's a certain moment where Caleb is vulnerable and he he had he he's stuck in a in a hard place where she makes her move on him and soon afterwards there's a there's a notion about him that people find out about um about her, about him trying to pretty much enforce himself on her in a way that pretty much corrupts his, his identity or his reputation, so to speak. Is it important for him to have a good reputation? Is that it, is it just because that's what he needs or is it tied to a job or something else? That's just who he is as an individual. Uh, he he never starts trouble. He's just very respectable, you know, because everybody in his hometown uh, 
truly adores him and they don't they would they wouldn't think anything of him to be a bad individual or a bad influence so he spends the the whole book trying to rebuild his reputation yes it's it's fictional but it holds true uh truth values and i felt like back to what i was saying i was talking to individuals that i want to you know keep concealed and they told and they was telling me situations that were pretty uh serious with their life and i felt like i just wanted to take the liberty to tell it into a, a whole uh, a whole new way a whole new version for people to relate to what does the title of the book mean i was just coming up with many ways to make the the story seem that make the title seem interesting uh, a version of veins i being that caleb is the main character um and Rita, she is she's also a main character. You know, it's 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 in relation to them to being a virgin. Um one one had the well, Rita, she had the she had her virginity taken from her. I'm not gonna get into too much detail about it, but um she grew up, you know, resenting individuals that that harmed her in a way to where she sees she sees a lot she sees Caleb to being a different individual and she took his she took a vulnerable moment to to take his virginity and it was it 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 had spite along with it but she also resented herself in the long run and that's a cliffhanger. All right. And are you working on your next book? Yes. Have you gotten feedback on your book? I would say um, it wasn't like a huge critique, but people enjoyed it. Like have reached out to me and was like, they couldn't really put the, the book down. And it made me feel good because I was trying my best to, I, I wasn't really trying to make it, too entertaining because a story is a story and things happen in people's lives that should be spoken out. Did you enjoy this process? I did. I was very, he I was very hesitant about it because I wasn't sure how, how it was going to go for me, but so far it's, it's good for me. And it, it gives me hope for my next, for the next story to tell. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton-Rossini. Hope to see you back here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.